Oh my god, this is great. Um, that's from. <laughs> anyone know what that's from? Oh my gosh, wait. Um, um, uh, last Friday night, Katy Perry. N- no, it's from. Uh, but I think there is something in that. But uh. No. Um. That. No. Um, sorry. That's. Uh, wait, wait. Wait. Hold on. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Okay. Um. Uh. Lazy song. Sec. Bruno, Bruno yes. Mars. Yes. Yes. Uh, for some reason, that was. The... That was quick on your feet. <laughs> that was quick on your feet, which is perfect for this episode. Lots of pressure. So I'm not sure if any of you are aware, no one be alarmed, but, 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 Lady Gaga has completed two nights of the Chromatica Ball Summer Stadium tour. <laughs> how is your, how is your, um, I don't know what you want to call it, your time hiatus. away from, yeah, your hiatus away from social media, Ben? Um, it's actually been very uh, successful. I have well, I know good. diddly I know diddly squat about this tour and the past two tours that I've tried to avoid spoilers for I basically knew everything going in so I'm very proud of myself um, and I got be real which has been awesome how are you liking it I I love the app like I said in our social media episode and I also think this would be a good time to ask do you miss anything about social media being off of it I mean you know um, you have be real and I know. Let's just inform our listeners that Nick plays a game of Survivor, I think, on Instagram. And so I he do. made a specific Instagram account just so he could continue to play the game but not have spoilers. Although yes. I feel like the algorithm might at some <laughs> point start throwing you Lady Gaga stuff. But I mean, I haven't looked up a single thing, like literally a single thing. But that's a good... Um, thank you for bringing the Survivor game up because that actually fits well into a cringe story I have that fits today's topic. So we'll get to that later. Um, but how are you? Yeah, no, I'm really liking Be Real. Uh, being off of social media has actually not been hard at all. I deleted the app. So there have been a few times where I've like gone to the app and it hasn't been there. Yeah. Um, I guess Instagram, I have the, the backup account and my alarm to make sure I'm awake. Um, but Instagram, I have the backup account. And, but I'm logged out of my other accounts. So it, yeah, it's been great. I feel like I have more time to do all of the, you know, all of life's important things like watch Netflix. Um, Sure. And yeah. Do you feel like you're walking on eggshells when you, because you use Facebook. What, what social media platforms do you use at work? Facebook and Instagram, but Instagram, I don't get anything targeted to me for the bank because I primarily when I'm posting, it's on the computer. So I'm not looking up Lady Gaga. Um, Is that through like the meta business suite you post through? Yes. Yes. And Facebook creator studio. But, um, I, I love how this has become an interview about my social media. Well, I'm just, I'm no, I'm just genuinely curious because I feel this is an update that you have in your life and we haven't talked about it yet. So no, I, I agree. I just didn't want to like, you know, 
take up time. Take over, take up you know, time. But there are yeah. only two hosts of this show, so I mean, one of us yes. has to be interesting in order for the show to be interesting. This is true. Well, we're learning through be, we're learning through be real that no one's really interesting because I'm <laughs> loving how like just blah everything is and it's so real. And like, I, I love it. The first one did me so dirty. I was in the shower. Yeah. And I took it. I took the picture. And it was it wasn't even like it was a late picture for me. Like I didn't take it when the prompt said because I had just like I literally made the account when when you make the account it says take your first picture. If so the notification make- if the notification had gone off yes. that day already. Yeah. Right. So was I making the account in the shower? Absolutely. Um <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, I do kind of feel like I'm walking on eggshells on Facebook, even though I shouldn't. Uh, Instagram, I don't, because I literally have not looked up anything. And private browsing, let me just tell you, is a blessing. Because YouTube is where I fear, feel the most, you know, unarmed. Mm, true. So do you just always have private browsing windows now? That's what I've been doing recently, yeah. Just because I don't want to... I don't want to see anything. I want to be so excited. I've heard so many cool things. Not cool things. I've just heard that I'm going to love the show. Um, But how are you? You went to a concert this week. I did go to a concert this week. It must be concert season right now. It is. Um, It is summer's concert season. Yes. I went to the One Republic concert, I Need to Breathe, and it was so great. It was so wonderful. I went with some friends and some family, and it was just... It was wonderful. Like, my entire family, I've gotten my entire family, I don't know if you've gotten your entire family to love Lady Gaga, but I've gotten my entire family to love One Republic. I haven't. Oh. You're still working on it? I'm still working on it. It will it'll come together. Thanks. But my entire family loves One Republic, and we love Ryan Tedder and the entire band, and it's just, they just put on a really great show, and they're one of those bands where you can bring anybody, maybe, like, you d- don't listen to One Republic as religiously as i do but you can bring anybody to that concert and they'll come out of that concert being like wow i didn't realize how many songs i knew about that they have or since ryan tedder writes a lot of songs for other artists he does those songs at the concert as well for instance he wrote halo by beyonce and burn by ellie golding and rumor has it by adele and maps by maroon 5 and great song uh what was the other one he did bleeding love leona lewis Great and song. there was one more that he did. Oh, Lil Great Nas song. X. I'm Lil kidding. Nas X. Um, Someone who loved me. That's what I, really I want. He wrote that. I love that song. I resonate with that song so much. That's been my Tinder uh, soundtrack song. Whatever you That's awesome. pick. Um, you know, though, like, I don't even know what it's called. But it, like anthem. Life, life that's, Anthem? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Life yes, Soundtrack. That's, life that's anthem. the song that I've picked. I don't know. I love I don't that know song Tinder. a lot. <laughs> I don't yes. either anymore. But, and also, oh, as kind of an inside joke for this podcast team, he wore his Mad Tasty hat the entire concert, so. I love that. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like listeners, if they've listened to the whole show, should know, I feel like we've talked about that. Have we? Basically, we know. were watching, we were just fooling around one time, the three of us, and we were watching a YouTube video with Ryan Tedder, and he was reviewing, like, amateurs who wrote songs on YouTube, and he has a a drink company known as Mad Tasty. And we just kind of use that phrase wherever we see fit nowadays. Just, you know, as a little inside joke. So, yeah, it was great. Just a little one. Just just a little one. And Dan um, reminded me of this. But 
Yeah, no, I went to a concert this week. I feel great. And I'm actually wide awake, even though we're, it's early for us. It's early, this is early for us, but we're, but I'm, I'm very, very excited for this episode. I am too. I'm excited to get into it. But as always, unless you had anything more to add to your kind of check-in here, what are you grateful for this week, Nick? Honestly, I am grateful for producer Dan Ashley in the production room, um, the virtual production room, just because, well, not only for, I don't know if listeners know this, but I had to edit an episode (laughs) earlier in the month, and it was difficult, to say the least, (laughs) Uh, but more than that, I'm just very appreciative of, well, actually, this goes for Justin, too, honestly, I'm appreciative for both of you, because I... Did not want to get up this morning. Uh, when I I was really hoping that when we said, Dan, does this time work for you? He was going to say, no, can we do a different time? But he said, yes, and I'm up now at 8.15, and I have such a full day ahead of me of just, like, things I can do to be productive. So I'm very grateful for both of you. We love that. A productive Saturday. Yeah. Happy for you. Thanks. What are you grateful for? Thank you. I uh, no. <laughs> that sounded so rude. Um... <laughs> I am grateful for Dan as well. I'm grateful for you, Nick, too, because I feel like, I don't know if this has really been true, but I texted this in our little group chat. I feel like I I haven't been pulling my weight lately. I don't know if it's because of summer or what, or just being busy, and we, I can talk more about this when we get into the episode, but I'm just grateful for the both of you for encouraging me. This is like, you know, we've talked about this before. This podcast is a it's a passion project for me. And yes, I think I can say the same for both of you. And so just encouraging me to like keep doing it and, and the, the planning and the work that goes into it, um, even when it, even when you get busy, it might become more of a, like a hassle than it is like fun, but I still enjoy doing it. And it's definitely way more fun than it is a chore ever for me. So same. just encouraging me and reaching out and being patient with me when I'm being a pain in your ass is um, You're not though. <laughs> and Dan, I uh, right there with with Nick. I appreciate all of the work that you do because Nick and I get on here and spew our bullshit for about an hour, and then you take as much time as you need to make it coherent and make it make sense. So we appreciate you, and you add your little flares with the music, and it's just you make the podcast what it is. And so I'm just grateful for that. And then finally, I guess the last thing which relates to this episode is I'm grateful for, I'm going to phrase it as my education and my past experiences, because we're going to be talking about uh, interviews and job interviews and the interview process and also potentially the job application process, which I've been in the, in the depths of right now. I don't know. I just feel like I've... But I've surprised myself by how prepared I am for these types of things just because of experiences that I've had recently or in my past. So I just want to give some gratitude or verbalize some gratitude for those and getting myself to where I am today.
<laughs> I was I was gonna be like, yes, Mrs. Do, but you didn't say it explicitly. <laughs> um, but you know, she appreciates her shout out. She oftentimes listens to the episode when she is like cooking or when she's just like walking around the house doing some th- things for the house or for our family or whatever. And I'll be somewhere else in the house and I'll just hear, there's my shout out. And so it's really, I love that. It's really funny. So I'm sure she appreciates that, even though I didn't mention her explicitly that time. I love that. Um, Let's talk about interviewing and corporate culture and jobs. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Let's do do it. it. You, honestly, I would just want to ask, let's start by saying that you have been interviewing this week. Um, You've gone on a few interviews. What has that been like? Because for me, it was the worst experience in the world. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess since the beginning of the summer, and by the way, I was you were asking that question, I just realized that it's been a year since we've been recording this podcast, so that's super it exciting. Has. Yes, I wanted to say, I was going to text you guys that actually when I realized it, but I was like, oh, it's the 21st, our first episode came out on the 19th, so... But, well, happy anniversary, late anniversary. Happy anniversary, and happy anniversary to our listeners. Yes, Thank you Thank for being you for with, us for, a with year. us for a year. Anyway, as you can see, we still have not mastered the art of staying on topic. Uh, Let's stay on topic. <laughs> let me go back to the question. Yeah, so since the beginning of summer, or really since May, I've been applying to different jobs. And I hadn't heard anything back until I would say the end of June. So that was kind of like nervous, like what's going on here? But I guess that's just, I don't know, maybe my HR friends can let me know is that typical? Is that not typical? what maybe it's different in different sectors of uh, of the workforce um, industries whatever but yeah so the last three weeks I've been interviewing and it's been very interesting for the first one that I had I was very 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 nervous and I actually used Loyola's career center resources called I think it's called big interview and that was helpful just kind of let myself know or inform myself of what people are looking for how I should portray myself, how long I should talk for, because you know that I talk for a very long time, if I should tell them that I have a podcast with explicit episodes, you know, all those types of things. And it, it's been really, it's been really great, actually. Um, the first, yeah, big interview. Thank you, Dan. Um, the first ones, it was kind of unclear, but basically the jobs that I applied for a usually a recruiter reached out first someone from who's definitely from hr either within the company or outside of the company and then they would be like hey can we set up a phone conversation to talk more about the role or a phone interview they'd call it or one of those two terms either a phone conversation or a phone interview and then i was i would go into it being prepared for a full interview and they'd be like okay are you val- are you do you have a valid driver's license? Are you allowed to work in the US? Do you have COVID vaccine? Like those types of questions then then sometimes they'd ask about my goals for the position, but other mm. than that those were the questions and it's like all right, well next steps is to set up an interview with the hiring manager. And I was like, "Oh, okay. So I guess that would be considered round 1." And then I would have an interview either in person or virtually with the hiring manager that would be more substantive more hour-long type of thing maybe a little bit longer maybe a little bit less and yeah i can talk more about that but that's been my kind of general experience um i've applied to i'll say i applied to about 
six or seven jobs and I have gotten like five or six interviews and the ones that I haven't gotten, I just haven't heard back at all. So I right. say no news is good news. But yeah, so that's been my general experience. I don't know how it compares to yours from yes, last year or a few years ago or whatever. Well, I was just going to say that, yeah, I had a similar experience in terms of like, I would have like a phone type interview, but it was again, more general. And I don't think it was with the hiring manager. It might've just been like the head of HR or someone in HR just kind of gathering my, yeah, gathering my information um, and then presenting it, I'm assuming to the hiring manager who I would then have an interview with. And I think I had a phone interview for the job that I currently work. I think I had a phone interview and an in-person interview. Um, which is coming up on a year, just like the, the show, because in our first episode, I said, I have an interview. I don't think I'm going to get the job. And I did. And I started work on August 2nd. So that's wild. That was fast. Wasn't it? Wow. It was very, yeah. So what have, you know, let me back up for a second. You, you gave us your general experience. Have you learned, what do you have for advice, have you gained any, like, in just in this round of interviewing, what would you give as advice to somebody who's interviewing for positions? I know you haven't, like, you haven't, like, signed anything you don't, you know. Sure. Well, I want to say that at, at recording this, as, as of recording this episode, I've already gotten two offers. Yes. Which is, which you, is. You did tell me that. Very exciting. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, I just didn't want to say that myself. Thank you. No, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um. Advice. Well, I think a lot for my first one, it was a lot of nerves, right? Yeah. Because as people, I mean, maybe some people are better at this than than I am, but I don't, at least I try not to in a day-to-day basis. I don't, you don't sell yourself all the time. And I think in the first episode or whenever we've talked about this prior, I said this too, because you have to sell yourself in an interview, but I, it's not something that I do on a daily basis of, oh, I'm so great and here's the reasons why. But you have to do that in an interview, <laughs> right? So He says that off camera. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off air, exactly. Um, so advice that I would give is be, be yourself is the number one thing. You have to be yourself. Like I understand that people are like, oh, it's okay to embellish on a resume or sell yourself on an application and things like that. But personally, I'm most comfortable when I am 100% authentically myself. And, you know, sometimes I'm told that I'm, I'm too honest sometimes <laughs> just about, about like my flaws or, or this is the type of person that I am. But, but I think that's worked in my favor because I think it makes me more approachable. Or at least it's made, I feel it's made me more approachable in the interviews because you might think an interview format is the interview asks you a question and then you answer. And by the way, according to Big Interview, and I agree with this, your answer should only be about two minutes long. Because you want to be concise. You want to, that's the longest. It can be much shorter, but you want to be concise. You want to stay on topic. And you want to, you know, not, not ramble. So in my interviews, I've been myself and I've like randomly told jokes and kind of gone off of the interview asks a question I answer the question and I even brought up Nick you'd appreciate this so they asked about like my organizational skills and I said well so let me first say this I have an android and the interviewers laughed and 
I was that's saying good. that my calendar is like the f- main thing on my home screen, the calendar widget, and that's kind of like the the heart of my day. It leads my day, and it's like I know what's coming next. It helps with my productivity, helps with my organization. But I I tried to. I didn't mean to. I just that's if we were having a conversation, I would probably make a joke like that. So yeah. I think being yourself is one thing. That was a lot of words for me to just say. That's be okay. yourself. The As other, you're saying, keep it concise. As a keep it concise, don't go off topic. I definitely went off topic and I definitely wasn't concise. That's why you have a podcast. Exactly. This is where I can go off topic and things like yes. that. My other advice, I think, is be yourself, but also be confident in yourself. And that might take some practice. And I think practice, you told me this when I was asking for your advice, is practicing your answers and practicing answering potential questions or general questions that you might receive allows you to have that confidence. And why I think that's important is because when you have the confidence in what you're saying, your nerves kind of go away and you realize that this interview is not life or death because i think that's also something that comes up that might be a third thing or it might be you know have confidence a um but no like understanding the context of the interview that if you you know make a mistake or if you don't do well in one interview or i don't know you get asked a question you don't know how to answer it or anything like that first off I fully believe that there's a plan for everybody, but you know there's some there's some gray to that. But I think if you're meant to have a job, you're going to get the job. And if you mess up, or if a company doesn't, you know, hire you or give you an offer or something like that, then maybe there's a reason that it wasn't there. So I've kind of had that in my head too, and it lowered the stakes for me. So it took some pressure off, and that's been really helpful. So in summary. I guess it's just be authentic, be yourself, have confidence, and remember that an, an interview for a company is not, it's not life or death. Like, it, okay, it may be your dream job, it may be for a dream company, but you could always apply for a different position or at a different time for that company or um, find the same job at a different company. It's not life or death. So those are my big three, I think. I don't know if you agree with them or if you, um, what yours would be maybe when you did it yeah there was definitely overlap and yes when you called me and asked if I had any advice uh the very first thing I said was practice and that sounds so generic it sounds so like an easy answer to give but I really mean it when I started interviewing I had interviewed before but when I started seriously practicing interviewing for or even interviewing uh, for full-time positions, it was around February 2020, I would say, and I was so bad. I remember one specifically. I was in campus ministry, which for those that don't know, that's in a basement, and I had set up. It was, an, it was a phone interview, so it wasn't even on Zoom, and I was like, yes, this is going to be so much easier because they won't be able to see me. I can read my answers. Um, it was not, in fact, easy. Service in the basement was horrible, which you could probably have guessed, but she asked me a question. I th- It might have even been something easy, the interviewer, by the way, asked me a question like, what do you like about the company? And though I had the, you know, the website in front of me, I had practiced beforehand. I wasn't just like looking, that would be the worst interviewing. 
I don't even know. That would be the worst interview ever if I was on their website searching for an answer as they had asked <laughs> Their me. mission statement. But, <laughs> literally. Literally. But I froze because I was new to it. And I hung up the phone and pretended that there was a poor connection. Oh. So that was not good. Did it take some of the, you know, the blame off me? A little, but at the same time, that says that I wasn't prepared in a spot that I knew wouldn't. I mean, obviously mistakes can happen and nothing, you know, you can't plan for everything. But being in a basement probably wasn't the best choice. Um, But that was one of my first interviews. Honestly, going on interviews, even if you don't necessarily want the job, is great practice. I firmly believe that is how I got the job that I did that I have now. But I also believe there's an element of luck in there, and I'll get that get to that in a second. But I practiced, and I want to give a shout-out to, to um, my supervisor at Born This Way Foundation, uh, Me Too, who was extremely helpful and helped me practice for interviewing when I didn't even work um, at the foundation anymore. She was great. And we basically, we would just Zoom and I would look up, you know, potential questions and I had answers in front of me, but I would, each time I practiced, I would read it less and less and less until I had it memorized in a way that it wasn't scripted. Because you don't want to sound like robotic either. Um, But my advice there would be to prepare more answers than questions that you would think they would ask so you can cross-reference and pull from different because you don't know the questions they're going to ask all the time sometimes they'll you know send you the questions beforehand but sometimes you have no clue what they're going to ask um and that's when you can cross-reference or if you forget something that you were going to say about one answer you could say oh and that reminds me of this uh like also keeping i really liked what you said about keeping it under two minutes which is something i also haven't difficult time with as you can probably see (laughs) um we both have been struggling with that today but yeah i would say practice 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 because i got good at interviewing and it's i don't think it's a natural skill to be honest i think it's something that really really needs to be worked on and honestly if i were to interview right now i i'm sure my skills have gone back a lot have regressed because i haven't it's something that you have to continuously do it's a it's a habit yeah, it's a social it's like a social skill. It's a social but it's a different type of socializing. Like I think it helps that I was an extrovert and I, I am good on the spot with just talking socially with people in, in informal settings. So then translating that to a formal setting, I think, was it still took definitely a little bit of work, but it was it was an easier jump. That yes. than I realized it was going to be once I got the got rid of the nerves, but it it being able to preparing those answers, I liked what you said. Like ha- preparing more answers for different types of questions, I think is was helpful for me too because I did cross reference those those answers with the other questions. Um, and and even if it was like I had one question, the positions that I'm applying for, I'd be working with with uh, young people, with with children, adolescents, and so one question that I was asked was. This is a question that it sometimes trips people up. It's not a trick question whatsoever, but tell me an experience you have with youth. And I was like, oh, okay. And I told, I told a story about when I was coaching tennis and a story from that. And then in a different interview, I used that answer um, 
because I talked about how it was there was a, a tennis player of mine was having a, a really tough day, just an off day tennis wise, and they stormed off the court and how I handled that situation. And in a different interview, I used that same story to answer the question of how do you handle someone that you're working with, a client, say a, a teenager that you're working with that just doesn't want to be there. I'd use the same story, but for different things. So I don't know if that's exactly what you were saying, but I totally get what you're saying about have different kind of stories lined up. And if, if I somehow pulled that story out of my ass, but if, if you're, if you're mm -hmm. want, if you're better when you prepare, then have kind of those stories um, or experiences, I don't know, prepared on the back yeah on, on the back, back burner yeah. and honestly i feel like the more you do interview and the more you practice the faster you're gonna pull them out honestly yeah yeah like it becomes more natural by the end i was very confident in my answers and i also suggest um especially especially if you're on zoom um and we can talk about the difference between phone video and in person but um especially when you're on zoom animation and excitement make sure you show that because I feel like it doesn't translate as well through a screen. I think it's easier to show in person than it is on a screen. Also, who looks professional on a screen, let's be honest, on Zoom? Like, the camera's <laughs> angled. Like, it's just, you're not looking at the camera even though you're looking at them. It doesn't look like you're looking at them. So just showing passion, any form of authentic passion that you can find for this job. Even if you're not interested in the job, just find like one thing that you're excited about authentically or as authentically as you can be and show that I think or, is another. Or even pretend that the interviewer is the most interesting person you've ever talked to in your entire life. And that's like, oh my God, I'm so excited that I'm talking to Lady Gaga right now. And I'm like, just always smiling and always like, ah, ah. you know, like mm -hmm. obviously I wasn't talking to Lady Gaga. I would have told you, Nick, you were, you might yes. have even known before I knew but yes <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a huge thing too and that's something that actually someone affirmed me on in, in a over a zoom interview so I had spoken with this person over the phone and then we scheduled a zoom interview um, and she was saying that one of the one of the most difficult things about the job that I was applying for is engaging Keeping keeping adolescents engaged. So, for example, I'll give you like say, remember when you were sixteen, right? Sixteen, some you may you might have been, you know, you did what you want. Maybe you were a little angsty. Maybe you just you're you didn't want to do what your parents told you. Like I don't know. This is like typical angsty teenager things. And she said that I would be working somewhere in. The, I don't want to say the role, but I, I I would be working in the mental health field. And so someone. She said the biggest problem with the people in your role or the tr biggest trick uh, issue that people run into is keeping teenagers and kids in that age group engaged or, oh, I'm just here because my parents told me I have to be here. I'm just here because my therapist told me that I have to be here. But that takes a lot of energy to keep the kids engaged. And so she said, when I talk to you over the phone, when I talk to you on Zoom, I could just feel that you have energy. And I think that just just being enthusiastic and being animated, being animated over the phone, which is tricky, and over Zoom helped me. And that was one of the offers I actually got, helped me with that position because I was yes. just, ah, here we go. Yeah. I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> of course. 
of course. And when it's a good thing that you mentioned the phone too, because you can do the same thing on the phone. You, it's somebody just at my work actually just um, used it in a testimonial. Uh, it basically, they said smiling over the phone. The mm. the employee was smiling over the phone, and when you smile on your on the phone, honestly, it animates your like it just naturally. It's almost like muscle memory. Muscle memory animates your voice, makes you sound more excited. Um, and you can do that in person too, but you know, body language is the easiest to show in an in-person interview. Right. They're also the longest. I feel like in terms of differences, in-person's the longest. Phone is usually the shortest to me. And then just in my experience, and then video is like the hybrid between the two. Interesting. I I've actually had video be the longest. And yeah, I mean, I've only had I've only had a few in-person ones. Yeah. So I, I might not be able to have as much leverage as you do in, the, in terms of like speaking from experience. But actually, I think phone was hybrid, video was the longest, and in-person, believe it or not, was the shortest. Because I think they wanted to get through the questions, or at least it could have been the yes. interviewer style too. Of it just not responding to necessarily what I'm saying, except for with like body language and smiles and maybe some chuckles at what I said. But there wasn't much I call it intermission moments in between the the format of question answer question answer, except for if I made a joke or things like that. But yeah, in yeah. the video in the video format, there was I would say something and then the the interviewer would say, "Oh, I really liked what you said about this or resonated with that." And again, that could be interviewer style too. But. Yeah, no, it totally could be. I want to just acknowledge that you asked me for my, like, tips, and I think we mentioned the number three, and I gave you one and just rambled about it. So we're not taking our own advice this episode. But my <laughs> other two tips, my if it's in an in-person setting, I would say bring something tangible always. Even during COVID, um, I, there were some... Like, there was, they, they say always bring your resume and cover letter. Like, no matter what, just always bring it. But Oh, so you COVID, mean actually, like, like, bringing something? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not okay, saying, like, yeah. a gift. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> something appropriate. I brought you flowers. Like, you would bring, <laughs> right? Like, they're like, get out. Yeah. Um, I, nope. No, like, but that was the only time where I was like, do I bring my, you know, do I, do I bring my resume? Do I shake this person's hand? Are we not doing that? It's the middle of the pandemic. Um, but even if you bring it and you don't hand it to them, just show, I feel like showing them that you are prepared and you have something like I have my resume or bring it be, you could even say like, I wasn't sure due to COVID, I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable. So I brought it on a flash drive. This is like a little, just cause you can email oh. it to them. You can email it to them, but that's then putting it on them to print out. And I did that. I know that because I did it once. I emailed them. I was like, I wasn't sure because of COVID. And they were like, oh, that's fine. But then they didn't have my uh, my resume in front of me. They had to print it out. And it just, like, you could feel the, like, not awkwardness because I did have that, like, COVID crutch to be like, oh, it's, you know, I wasn't sure. And that was true. But, you know. Yeah. I think the, have, having something, it just shows an element of being prepared. Also, like, taking notes, having a notebook can be helpful without writing down everything that they're saying because that can just get annoying. And then my last piece, this isn't necessarily as advice. It's just more like a, um, I don't know, like a 
reminder is that there is an element of luck to this, truly. You could have a... I was just talking about this with my sister. You could have a phenomenal answer in one interviewer's eyes, and the next interviewer might just hate it. Yeah. Like, there is an element of luck. Not every job is going to be obsessed with your answers, obviously. There could be somebody... Like, you could give the two same interviews for... Let's just pretend that it's the same company twice, but they're, they don't know of each other. Somebody could interview that does a better job than you at one of those variants, I guess, and then somebody, you could be the best one in the other variant. Like, there is an element of luck there. You can always, you can do everything that you think you should be doing and still not get the job. Or, I mean, a lot of people know people, you know? Like, sometimes there's a, there's a connection there that you might not have. Um, I even say this about just you know, the job that I have now, had the woman walked a little slower in the parking lot at my restaurant that had then called three weeks later and said, hey, would you like to interview for this position? I know you said you were in marketing. I wouldn't have had her at my table and I wouldn't have known about the position. Right. That's so, that's a big, that's a good one. And yeah. I think too, it's in a way, applying for a job in the interview process, is a, it's a chemistry test, right? It's You don't know necessarily what they're looking for, for in the position. And you also don't know what type of personality or who, what, like what addition to their team, what their team dynamic is. And when I say chemistry test, I'm saying like, how do you jive with who's already on staff? Yes, yes. The chemistry that you have, right? The actors often talk about the chemistry they had on screen, but for this, it would be the chemistry that you might have with, could potentially be the interviewers or what the interviewer for the job thinks how you would jive with the, with the members who are already employed. So it's, it is, you're, you're right in saying that it's very much, there is an aspect of luck. And, you know, if, if, like I said in the beginning, if you don't get an offer from a company or after an interview or don't move on to the next step or whatever, maybe it just, it wasn't the right fit for you at that time too. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would, being resilient is super important, right? Like we're not gonna, you're not gonna be perfect at at everything and every part of every interview, and they're gonna make mistakes, and we're human and all that stuff. But if you get every every offer after every interview, that's incredible. Like I'm super proud of you. Really, really, like that's that's incredible. But also, if you don't, and more likely than not, if you don't get an offer after an interview, or if you don't move on to the next step that's also okay too and i'm still proud of i was gonna say and if you don't get all of them just know that justin from point of view is not super proud of you i'm really disappointed (laughs) no i'm no i'm no it's it's super like it has nothing to do with your i mean maybe there's a a fraction of a percentage of a chance that has something to do with your qualifications but i think if if you make an interview you're probably already deemed as qualified but Right. Or you could have just not prepared enough or you could like, I'm not, I don't want to reverse it and say like, cause we just said there's an element of luck. It's not like, it's not a reflection of you as a person, which that is always true. It's not a reflection of you as a person. Um, at least in my opinion, but like, I go back to this, like, do we really put, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Do we really put a hundred percent into everything I we do? Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you give a hundred percent every waking moment of the day. I personally know I don't. I strive to. I strive to do my best, and we say that, but, like, are there times that I'm tired? Yeah. Are there times that I'll, like, look at a text when I should be doing something? Yeah. And I think that's pretty realistic, to be honest. Like, I don't know. Maybe you—and honestly, if you if you give 
you know, every waking moment of the day. Please tell me and I will applaud you. No, I don't. I mean, I, I try to. But exactly. But there are times when you have it's 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 called energy conservation. Right. You know? and I'm not gonna, right. There's sometimes that we just don't try our best. And it's like if that yeah. happened in an interview, like, I mean, I would I would recommend to do the best you can. But if that's if you give like as much as you can in the moment and it's not, you know, what you typically can give or even if you didn't like you got, you know, you learned for next time. I wanted to talk about bringing up um, questions for the, or having, I wanted to bring up having questions for the company. And the reason I wanted to do that is because you messaged it in the chat and I thought it was great. Um, so really, <laughs> Justin wanted to bring up having questions prepared for the company. Um, I'll let you go first because that's also something I was going to mention. Sure. So I think it's really important for the end of the interview, there might be like a awkward space lull at the end where it's like, oh, I think that's all I have. Do you have any questions for us? And what I find for a skill to have at that point of the interview is definitely bring something to write, whether it's in person, over the phone, yes. or over Zoom. And on that last point, when they start doing, when they ask you about that, take some time to write out. Don't take like minutes, but take like a few <laughs> seconds to write out a few bullet points. And mm -hmm. even if you don't have anything to write, just like pretend you're writing even <laughs> to to gather your thoughts if you don't have questions prepared. But I think you should have questions prepared because showing that you have questions prepared for them shows that you have done your research on yes. the job and on the company. Yes. And they can be questions that you prepared before the interview, but also don't be afraid to come up and write with, write down some questions that might have come up as you've been being you've been being interviewed no as you've been as interviewed. you've been interviewed yeah that's a great point and honestly like what does it say if they're like do you have any questions you're like nope they just gave you a bunch of new information right that you did you definitely did not know all of it going in so you really don't have any questions that's probably going to tell them like a you're not as interested in the job as they would like you to be or you weren't listening or c you don't care which is i guess a mix of the two um but yeah, having questions is awesome. And to piggyback off of that, I will say now having worked in a company that I've interviewed for, and like you have too, obviously, because you've interviewed and you've worked, like you've had jobs, meaning you've interviewed, but um, there's always something, or at least, and I won't say always, but I'm assuming always, there is something that the company is very excited about. Right now, it's a certain, I'm not going to give examples just for, you know, privacy purposes, but there's an account that the, the bank I'm working for, a type of account that the bank is now offering that they're very excited about. And I believe if somebody came in with an, with knowledge of that, the bank would be all over it mm, because they're very, like, they want to get it out. They want to get it out. They're excited about it. They've been working on it. Like they are passionate about it. So I feel like when you appeal to something, this is just an everyday life. When you appeal to something that someone's passionate about, they like, I mean, if you start talking about Lady Gaga, I promise you, I'm not going to walk away. <laughs> like, you'll have me all night. Yeah. Um. So, and the, speaking of her, this was just a thought that popped into my head when you were like, even if you're not writing questions, pretend you're like writing questions. So I'm like, oh yeah, no, very interesting. I'd rather be dry, but at least I'm alive. No. Um, <laughs> just I heart LG. I yes. heart LG. 
I, the last thing I want to bring up for questions is I actually, I would also recommend you could have the prepared questions, but now I'm actually encouraging you to come up with at least one question from the information that you just heard in the interview because of what Nick just said, that you just were given lots of information that you definitely didn't know everything. So having a question shows that you listened and shows that you're interested in the company and what they just had to say. And from my own experience these past couple of weeks, I actually asked a question that I didn't prepare ahead of time. I came up with on the spot. And the question was, what characteristics and attributes and traits would you say someone who is applying for this role makes them successful or maybe less successful? Based on what I based on what I heard, and that okay. sure I could have prepared that question beforehand, but I didn't. And, but I said it based on what I heard, and I actually stumped them. And they said, "Wow, that was a really good question. I've never been asked that question before." That's awesome. And they had to pause and think about their answer. Um, and so I don't know. It was like a good. It was kind of like an affirmation. Like, okay, I think that was a solid one. That would be helpful. So I don't know. I think I would. I went from. You can prepare questions beforehand or you can come up with them in in on the spot. But I would say do both. I'm now yeah, saying for sure. Encouraging you to do both. I would say prepare three and maybe ask two of them that are prepared and two that are new. Or even one that was prepared and no, because you want to show that you're I would say like two and two, but usually I ask three. I don't go more than Three. So I guess just feel it out in the moment. A lot it depends of on timing is... too. If you have time, yeah, right. For them, right. Um, yeah. Uh, um, the last couple of things that I wanted to cover were just kind of like small little tidbits. The first thing is don't be afraid of silence in an yes. interview for all three types: phone, video, and in person. I. Some of the both I've also interviewed people for positions and I've also interviewed for to to get a role, to get a job myself. And on both sides, I appreciated when someone took time to process a question, wrote it, wrote down some notes, and then answered. Because I think taking some time to think, especially if you it's a question you weren't prepared for or you haven't heard heard it's okay to pause gather your thoughts and then answer so definitely don't be afraid of silences of pauses um things like that the i forgot this other thing that i was gonna say i'm so sorry but do you have anything about what did you think about the pauses no i love that i love that because it prevents rambling And that's something I literally just told my supervisor that I need to work on when responding to her because just, I I wasn't like, I'm an anxious person. I didn't say that, (laughs) but I am. And when I get asked a question by my supervisor who is super kind, I will often be like, get, become afraid or be like, uh, like she'll be like, did you see that email about blah, 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 blah. blah." And I'll be like, uh, when I did see it, I absolutely saw it, but I just, my mind kind of freezes and I think I could work on, you know, and maybe communicating this to her would be like, may I take your hat, sir? May I take your <laughs> hat, sir? No, I mean, like, um, I don't even know how I would say it because I don't want to be like, may I get back to you on that? Because that sounds like I didn't read the email. But something along the lines of, uh, 
yes, um, let me just gather my thoughts. Something like that, but in a more professional. I yeah. don't know if that's professional because because that's just like that's. It might sound it might be professional, but it's also like awkward. Like people don't hear that often. Yes, I did. Let me gather my thoughts on it. Right. But that is something that I need to do in order to, you know, be prepared to answer her question. And it's again, it's not that I didn't read the email. It's that I don't want to sound like a babbling fool. Right. Uh. Even a response like. Mm, yes, thank you for that question. And if you're in person or on video, I think nodding your head is okay. Yes, Showing that, that you're writing. If you're over the phone, obviously you can't really show that you're nodding your head. But at least say, yes, thank you for that question. You can even do it, though, because I feel like when not, it goes to this, back to smiling. It's like if you True. smile while you're on the phone, yeah, they're not going to see it. But you're going to do everything else that you do when you're smiling. And True. that includes like voice inflection. That's just going to come naturally. You could even do that. I look like a bobblehead when I'm on Zoom. Because I'm like, mm, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. No, I don't actually, I don't make those noises. That would be. Only sometimes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we actually do make noises before recording an episode. Yeah. Um, I do just, this is a good um, suggestion to end on um, because it comes after an interview. One thing I highly recommend is always sending a thank you um yes i that was the thing i forgot this i forgot okay perfect yes i know let writing letters is like very like you know could be seen as oh wow they really took the time but i also struggle with that because not because i I mean i can write a letter it's more that like it's gonna get to them later and they you know they might are they might be this might be a fast you know recruiting process and they might be like oh they didn't respond to us so i do i do or they didn't send a thank you. Like, they will take note of that. That's almost like a requirement, but it's unspoken. Um, yeah. I usually send an email about four hours after the interview. I don't want to do it, like, right after. But it also depends on when the interview is. Like, if the interview is at 12, I'll send it at, like, 4. So it's, you know, going into the end of the day, but it's not, like, the end of the day. But even if they see it when they come in the next day, that's, you know, that's fine. But, like, as long as you sent it that day and close enough to the interview, but not, like, you know... If it comes the day after, I feel like it looks like you forgot, honestly. Maybe not the day after, but... I would say within... I would say within one to five hours afterwards is... Yeah, that's... that's yeah. And <laughs> Within would, one to five business days. Within one to five... No, no, no. Not one to five. Yeah, like, no, that's how you no, don't no, get no. the job. Yeah, exactly. And I would also recommend that when you do a thank you note... And again, we're not experts. I just feel like we no, have to this say is, that. But, but that's why it's great because we were we I just I'm pretty freshly you know out of interviewing you're interviewing right now so this is just like a layman's perspective on the what layman's it's guide like on to interviewing. Interview. Yeah, but I would say for the thank you notes, definitely include specific things you talked about as well, so that would, oh, again yeah. it's an opportunity to show that you listened in the interview, you care about the job, and you researched the position and. You are, you are truly grateful. Like, if, I yes. mean, if you want and you realize, okay, I don't want this position after the interview, you can totally bullshit your way through, through a, a thank you. But I think it's still important to be like this, like, I'm, I appreciated talking about X, Y, and Z. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So and you never specifics. know. Yeah, you never know, like, you might apply for a different position down the road with them or they might know someone. LinkedIn is a... Um, connected place. Right. Do you have any questions for me? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I really like... I actually do have mentioned. a question for you, not going to lie. 
so I really do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, what is it? Um, we can keep this in. Maybe we don't keep this in. Maybe we make a bonus episode. But my cousin is in HR and hires mm. people. So maybe as a bonus episode for this, we could ask her. We could just do like a quick episode of asking her some questions about advice and what the other side is from an official HR standpoint. That would be cool. That would be really cool. I could reach out. I would love to. Yes, definitely. But do you have any questions for me? Um, I do not. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I think it was helpful for me to even just like gather my thoughts on the matter, even though I'm not interviewing right now. Sure. Yeah. And I was excited to have this episode too, like I said. So I, this was a lot of fun. So hopefully we made some sense. My name is Justin Dew. Oh, and I'm Nick Gervasi. You can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash pointofdew. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at pointofdewpodcast and Twitter at pointofdew. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store, or share us with a friend or family member. We really appreciate it and are always grateful for your support. Thank you for a year of supporting this show. We hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening, and until next time. Don't say that you have to go to the bathroom on an interview. This time the colors